Hi, I'm Craig Williams, and this is Beyond the Tassel. You know, in most families, the college discussion is tempered by another important discussion, one that makes a lot of parents pretty uncomfortable and a lot of kids pretty anxious. Money. Where will the money to pay for college come from? Sure, some parents were able to sock away enough money from the time their children were very young to be able to draw on that account now and just fully fund college. But you know, many families didn't manage to do that, and that's fine. In fact, about half fall into that second category. So when it comes time to talk about the college option, there's usually plenty of anxiety and even more than a little bit of panic to go around, especially if your kid is expecting to go to a top private school or an out-of-state public option. Now, I'm fond of saying, where there's a will, there's a way. And that formula works here, too. So, let's jump in and sort out the big questions about college finance. College is one of life's key financial considerations. It can be a very expensive purchase, with many top private schools charging $60,000 per year now for tuition alone, and another $20,000 for room, board, and class expenses. Now add to that the cost of healthcare, transportation, the possibility of out-of-network counseling or specialty healthcare costs. It's easy to see why students and families alike exhibit a bit of anxiety heading into this moment of transition. One minute, you're a kid living at home without any particular financial stress, and the next, you're staring into the financial abyss, wondering how you're going to make it all work out. And for parents who want their kids to have the best opportunities, it can be even more stressful as they contemplate out of which hat to pull the money bunny. But alas, there is hope. Maybe you tucked some money aside over the years as your little cherub was adding rings, and maybe you didn't. I'm going to assume you didn't. That's fine. Let's start there. The first thing you'll need to do, and if money is tight, you'll want to do, is to go online, get your FSA, your Federal Student Aid ID, for both parent and student, and complete your FAFSA. This is the mechanism by which the federal government will determine whether or not you are entitled to any funding from them, and if so, how much. Now, the maximum amount you can get in a Pell Grant for this school year is $6,345 and is unlikely to be much different next year. Now, that's not chump change. It's not Jeff Bezos' money either. You want as much of that as you can possibly get, but you won't get it if you don't complete your FAFSA. Now, regardless of what you've heard, this is not a major undertaking. In fact, it's actually very straightforward. Just have your income tax returns, your W-2 statements, your bank statements, and any investment account records along with a clear understanding of other assets you may have as well as the loans against them. The whole thing will take you less than 45 minutes to complete. If you've got access to these items and a few more, which the FSA ID website will make very clear to you, find it at fsaid.ed.gov. Just follow the directions. It's easier than making brownies from the box. Trust me, you'll see. Now, I've mentioned before that there is a wonderful secret that the nation's top private schools have been dying to tell. In fact, ever since Princeton popped the lid on this little nugget, virtually every other top private institution has been jonesing to keep up, and here it is. If you earn less than $125,000 per year, give or take, depending on the school, you'll qualify for financial aid, and in some cases, enough financial aid to cover the whole shebang. If you have family household income of less than $70,000, give or take, 
there is virtual certainty that you'll be paying nothing to send your kid to college at most of the nation's top private schools. And this includes Harvard, Cornell, and all the other Ivy League schools, as well as the University of Chicago, Northwestern, Washington University, Vanderbilt, uh, Carnegie Mellon, and a whole bunch of super great schools you may or may not have ever heard of. You can find a neato download of all of these schools at our website under resources. Now, don't want to attend Harvard or can't get in? Fine. There are tons of other schools which are less selective, closer to home, have a better football team, or just ring your bell in that particular way you need it rung. And they'll offer a similar deal as Harvard does, but here's the thing, and I say this all the time, I think top private schools are one of the best-kept secrets in the post-secondary what-am-I-going-to-do world. Why? Well, A, because they're amazing schools where you'll meet some of the most amazing people. B, because it almost always means a bit of a drive from home, and that's from mom and dad, which sometimes ain't all that bad. And C, because they want you. Yes, they really do. Moi, you might say? Yes, I would reply. They need kids who don't come straight out of big city prep school USA. They need kids who know how to get muddy, kids who know how to have some fun down on the farm, or just know how to watch out for deer on the two-lane highways and back roads, especially during rut. Am I right? So believe me when I tell you that there is a whole trove of opportunity there for smart, hardworking kids with imperfect grades or suboptimal ACT scores. Yes, I know you'll look at the admission stats and quiver at the averages, 34 for Chicago, Harvard, and Yale. 35 for Caltech and MIT. But you know what? Don't fret. They need that kid who bow hunts turkeys and can field dress a white-tailed deer. I'm serious. When admissions departments put together their classes, they do it very precisely and with purpose. They want diversity, and they will go out of their way to accommodate a kid like that who knows a thing or two about calculus, literature, physics, or molecular biology. And if you're applying for financial aid, most will waive the application fees. So you've really got nothing to lose and everything to gain. All right, so you're not into the whole idea of shuffling off to some ivy-covered private school three states away to room with some Quidditch-playing kid from the suburbs of Boston. All right, maybe it's a state school for you then. Now, what kind of money can we find for that excursion? Well, I'm glad you asked because there's plenty. The first thing I'm going to tell you is that nobody who is motivated, has a keyboard, and knows how to use it ever needs to pay so much as a dime in tuition or room and board at any state college or university. I want you to go to this website address right now or find it later on our website under the resources section and go there then. But it's myscholly.com, M-Y-S-C-H-O-L-L-Y.com. Scholly is a special website or app, you can get it on your iPhone or your Android as well, that'll track down literally thousands of possible scholarships tailored specifically to you. And I mean specifically. The way it works is this. You input everything about you, including all the basic stuff like where you live, what's your gender, what's your race, your academic interests, etc. But it goes much further. It'll ask you if you're right-handed or if you're left-handed, whether you eat a vegan diet, whether you've traveled to South Africa, whether your grandfather was a Mason, whether either of your parents served in the military, and about 150 other questions that will enable Scully to go out and search matching opportunities for which you will have a very good chance of qualifying. 
Scholarly is a subscription-based service. So full disclosure, if you're going to jump on Scholarly, you're going to be paying a little bit of rent, okay? But if you're serious about finding scholarships, it'll easily pay for itself. I think it's like 10 bucks a month or something like that. And once you're finished with it, just unenroll. You're not going to need this when you're in school. You use it until you no longer need it, and then you just unenroll. There was a story last year about a young man who entered college with over a million dollars in scholarship monies he'd pulled together using a very similar method. Scholarly just automates a bunch of that research that you'd otherwise spend hundreds of hours performing. Now, you still have to apply, and that'll take you some time. But you'll know who's got the money and who doesn't, as well as how likely you are to qualify for it. Now, another way to get help with college finance is to simply ask for it. You can ask your school's financial aid office for a hand, and they'll direct you to their own data collection system or forms to complete. Most public schools don't offer a ton of financial aid in the way that private schools do, but some do, and you won't know until you ask. Merit aid is made available by state schools for students who have done especially well with their academic track record and or extracurriculars. So a little extra elbow grease in the homework and test prep area can go a long way. And speaking of test prep, though many schools have gone test optional during the COVID crisis, it's never a bad idea to take the ACT or SAT anyway. But to do so, you must first be well prepared. Journey 12 has a number of test prep partners that we recommend. You can learn about these partners under our resources section on our website. And in many cases, students can improve their scores by as much as 25% or even more. Test taking is knowledge-based, yes, but it is also strategy-based. And test prep almost always gives an edge to motivated students who want to qualify for merit aid with a higher score or gain admissions to a more selective school, often a private school. And again, private schools come with great financial aid packages. Now, I am anti-student loans. I'm going to put that right out there. But I'm not going to assume you are. Everyone's situation is different. If you've got a little gap remaining after you've tried everything else we've talked about here, a student loan through the school itself may not be the worst thing in the world to consider. First, these loans are generally very low interest. They usually don't require any payment until your student graduates. And if you've done everything else I've recommended, shouldn't really be all that large if it exists at all. Now, one thing I really want to stress, however, about student loan debt, if you can possibly avoid it, man, I strongly recommend that you do. Debt can become a real burden and alter the way you live your life. If you aren't careful managing it, easy to talk ourselves into an investment we're making in ourselves and how a student loan is just a wise means to a well-considered end. But be careful. We know people who have accrued over $100,000 in student loan debt who work in fields where the financial return on that investment will likely never be seen. And not that anybody is talking about bankruptcy here, but if you ever do find yourself at that juncture, you need to know that student loan debt is almost never dischargeable through bankruptcy. Let me leave you on a high note and point out once again how very affordable and how very positive college can be. If you just consider a few key decisions and adjust your strategy accordingly. Well, that's it for this week. Next week, We're going to barrel into the public school versus the private school controversy. And many people think that private schools are just too hard to get into or just not financially accessible. Other people think that public schools are somehow second tier. Neither, of course, is true. And we'll explore all the interesting nooks and crannies. Be sure to subscribe and join us each week. Episodes always drop on Tuesdays. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and make yours a worthwhile journey. I'm Craig Williams for Beyond the Tassel.